Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, Pastor Mark, I believe I should pay my taxes. Do you? Well... I hadn't told anybody, but I kind of not paid him for the last two years. I told you, we have a jail ministry. It's okay. Pastor Mark, do you believe in giving back to God what you owe him? Well, what do I owe him? Well, you really owe him everything, but he asked for much less than that, really, and many times. Well, belief is useless. If you don't follow through with belief, you don't believe it. Do you understand? We all say that we believe what the Bible says about how to live our lives, but when the rubber meets the road, so to speak, do we really believe what God has said? The book of James talks a lot about the necessity of both faith and works. Pastor Mark is teaching from the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus is laying it out once and for all to the religious leaders, trying to get them to confront their hypocrisy, which they don't do. It's important for us to not only believe what the Bible actually says, but to also try to live consistently the way the Bible instructs us to live. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke, chapter 20, with part one of his message, What Do You Believe and Why? I was perusing just a little bit of news and I came across this true article just two days ago. Flight grounded after passenger throws coins into jet engine for good luck. An 80-year-old passenger was spotted tossing coins from the middle of the boarding staircase toward the plane's jet engine. Nine coins were discovered on the ground near the engine. One coin was discovered in the engine. So they had to empty the whole plane, take a look, make sure there's no other coins in there. Now, here's the question. Why did this lady believe that throwing a coin into a jet engine would bring good luck? Into a pool maybe into a well, but into the plane. In fact, the engineer said that one coin could have caused entire engine failure. Well, what we're talking about this morning is this. Jesus teaches. Why do you believe what you believe? Think about all the things that we believe. And I'm talking this morning spiritual principles. Think about all the things you believe. Why? Do you believe those things? Were those beliefs passed down to you from a relative, a friend, an organization? Or did you personally research these things that you believe? Now, all of us have discovered this, that some of the beliefs we've had ended up being wrong. We had to change those. That's why we have to be flexible. Well, 
where can we go to make sure that what we believe is really true? It's really true. It's foundational truth. Here it is. Second Timothy. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong in our lives, if we don't believe that, it corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. First thing you want to write, belief matters. What you believe, especially spiritual things, matters. Every decision we make is involved with what I believe. Now, that's true in many other areas of our lives. But the spiritual, of course, is the most important because that's who we are. We're really spiritual beings that happen to have a body at this point in our lives. When you see this, Jesus is going to take some questions from the Jewish religious leaders and prove to them that what they believe is entirely wrong. So we're going to have some fun with it. And I'm sure... As we do this, guess what's going to happen? You're going to see some things go, whoa, maybe what I believe isn't right, isn't right. So just watch me as we go. Now, one more thing. We're about two days as we read this from Jesus going to the cross. So you can see how close we've come. Here we are, a couple days. Now, here we are, verse 20. Take a look at verse 20 and Luke 20. Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so that they might hand him over to the power and the authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him. Now remember, the Jewish leadership hated Jesus, but watch what they tell these spies to say. Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right. And that you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Understand what you see there. Outwardly, what are they doing? They're praising Jesus. They're talking about his personal and his doctrinal integrity. Everything he says, everything he teaches is true. What they said about Jesus is 100% true. The problem is they don't believe any of it. If you like to write in your Bible, you can write this. This is called lying flattery. Jesus knew what they're saying was 100% true, but they didn't believe any of it. See, they're trying to butter him up because they're going to come with a question and they know it's probably going to divide Jesus. Jesus doesn't know how to answer this. Now, remember, they're trying to trick him so the Roman government can arrest him for blasphemy so that he can be killed. See, the Jewish people couldn't use capital punishment. Only the Romans. So this is the whole story they're at. So here's the question they're going to ask him in verse 22. Is it right for us, the Jewish people, to pay taxes to Caesar or not? That's the question. Now, to be honest with you, taxes in those days are no more popular than they are today to us. In those days, there was religious taxes, you know, their own temple tax. And then there was the Roman uh, poll tax. That was a political tax that they had to pay. So the question is, is, and they know, Jesus. no matter how Jesus answers this, he's in trouble. Let me give you an example. If Jesus says, yes, pay taxes to Caesar, 
he would be in trouble with his own people because the Jewish people hated, hated the pagan government of the Romans. And why should we pay money to them? This is our country, but they've come to rule us. So second, if Jesus said, no, don't pay the Romans what they require you to pay. Who cares? Don't do it. Then he'd be accused of rebellion against the Roman government. And that's where they would love him to be. Here's a guy that says, don't honor Caesar. And that could have led to Jesus' destruction. Now, verse 23. Is Jesus clueless? Look at verse 23. And he saw through their duplicity and said to them, show me a denarius. A denarius was a coin. One of those denariuses would be kind of a, a daily pay for a common worker. Show me a denarius whose image and inscription are on it. He says, what's it look like? Caesar's, they replied. This coin represented, basically on it, it said, Tiberius Caesar Augustus, son of the divine Augustus. See, Augustus, referring to Caesar, he was divine. It was the Roman God to them. So there's a coin. So Jesus says, what's it say on it? Then he says this. Look at verse 25. Then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. And to God, what is God's? Now that word give back I have for you, it means simply this, to pay a debt. Give equals give back, to pay a debt. In other words, give what you owe Give what you owe. You have to pay it back. It's part of the business of being ruled by Rome. Give it back. How did Jesus know to answer this? Well, you're going to see he was the word of God. Later on, the New Testament church, Paul writes something else. And I want you to keep your finger right in Luke. Turn back to Romans 13. Just a few books back. Romans 13. There you are. You see it right there. Now, as you go there, you will see that which applies to us this morning. All the New Testament church in the book of Acts, and ever since this is New Testament, it applies to us. So here we go. Romans 13, verse 1. Take a look at your Bibles. Now, those of you that don't have a Bible, share with somebody, because very important you understand this. This is, this is the truth. You want to believe this, because this is the way it works. Now, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. I'll unpack that in a moment. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. So let me just for a moment. Every authority we have in our world has been established by God. God is all-encompassing. And he, you'll see in a moment, established authorities to help us rule our world. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Skip down to verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, do what they ask, not only because of possible punishment, you don't pay your taxes, <laughs> not only because of possible punishment, also because of conscience, we're to do the right thing. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. 
the authority of God, the right to exercise power, the right to rule, every authority starts with God. It starts with God. And he then delves out authority to other people. Now think about this. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they were the only humans. God was the authority by himself. But when they sinned, God did something very different, which is part of our world today. He gave authority to humans, to human people. Now, remember, the authority is the right to rule. Let me list for you those three basic authorities. The family, the church, and our government. Now, remember, the reason you do that is so that there's not chaos in the home, in the church, and in our world, in our own government. Somebody is ruling. They have the right to rule. And every country kind of does it different. But remember, it all goes back to God. So the Bible teaches, what you just read, that we must obey human authorities. That's why we pay taxes. But there's a caveat. Unless a husband, a wife, a boss, a president, a police officer, a pastor, elder, ask you to do something that disobeys the authority that comes from God. Let me give you an idea. You can look it up later. Acts chapter 529, Peter and John had just healed somebody. And they're in front of the Jewish leaders. And the Jewish leader said this, don't you ever preach in that name Jesus again. You're stirring up to town. We command you. They were the authorities. They're the religious authorities. We command you not to teach in that. What did John say? John says, well, you, you can tell us to do whatever you want, but we respond, sorry, to a higher authority. You got it? That's God. So we will obey God's word, not you. So that's what happens all over the world when we're told, maybe it'll happen here. But there's plenty of places that are told, don't you dare talk about Christ. Don't you preach Jesus Christ in our communities, India, China, many of those things. The authorities, they're in charge. But when they ask us to do something that's against God's word, no, we obey the authority. You got it? Hello? Okay. Okay. Pastor Mark, we don't have that trouble here. (laughs) Get ready. Now, here's what you want to write. Here's what Jesus is teaching. Be a lawful citizen. Pay your taxes. Pay what you owe. Do you know that some Christians, I've followed it through the years, believe, they believe, they don't have to pay taxes to the government. Pastor Mark, our government is pagan. I'm not paying taxes to them. What they believe is unbiblical and 100% wrong. And by the way, they usually end up somewhere they don't want to end up. It's called behind bars. We do have a jail ministry. Now, here we go. Back to Luke chapter 20, verse 25. Then not only give back to Caesar what's Caesar's. Look at the end of that. Give back to God what is God's. So let me ask you a question. What do you, as a Christian... Believe, what's your belief about giving to God? Where did you get that belief about giving to God? So here's what Jesus says. Look at it. Be a godly citizen. Give back to God what you owe. 
Now, he's not just talking about money, but he's talking about our basically our possessions, certainly our money, our talents, and our time. Give back to God what you owe. So the first question many of you are going to say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Mark, what do I owe God? Many people believe that the money they have, the gifts they have, the possessions they have, the time they have is theirs. But that's a wrong belief. We've learned that. You'll learn that through Peace University as we go through. It's not biblical at all. Look at how the Bible puts it. Romans eleven thirty six. For everything comes from him and exists by his power, his authority and power, and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. So here's two things you need to write this morning. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I don't believe that. Well, you believe wrong. And you'll answer for that. Because it's biblical. It's 100% biblical. Here's what you want to write. God owns everything. Everything you are, everything you have, is God's. Remember, when we accepted Jesus Christ, we said to God, you may not have said this personally, but this is what scripture teaches. You come into my life, and now you direct my life. I am yours. I'm now a servant of you. I'm not trying to direct my own life. I'm tired of trying to be my own authority. It doesn't work. So I ask you, God, to be my authority. God made every Christ follower a manager of his resources. Your time, your talent, your gifts, your money are God's. And I'm going to actually answer to God for how I did. You know this is a very familiar principle that we've talked about. When you think about that, and I turn my life over to God, and if you want to look up the verse, you can look up 1 Corinthians 6, 6, 19 through 20. That's what I just told you about. Now, what happens at the end of what Jesus did? Look at verse 26. They were unable to trap him and what he had said in public, and astonished by his answer, they became silent. I am still amazed. I've been a Christian for more than 68 years. And I'm still amazed how incredible and valuable this Bible is to my life. Everything I need to know is right here. I am never in the dark about what to believe. Never. But there's a problem with what I believe. Belief is not enough, even if it's 100% true. Let me ask you to write this statement down. The Bible is our only rule for faith, what we believe. When I'm talking about spiritual things, this is where I get my beliefs. My mom and dad, I happen to be Christians, so that helped. But I really get them there from the word of God. When you understand that, for what we believe, but belief isn't enough. And what I practice, what we do. Well, Pastor Mark, I believe I should pay my taxes. Do you? Well, I haven't told anybody, but I kind of not paid them for the last two years. I told you, we have a jail ministry. It's okay. Pastor Mark, do you believe in giving back to God what you owe him? Well, what do I owe him? Well, you really owe him everything, but he asked for much less than that, really, and many times. Well... Belief is useless. If you don't follow through with belief, you don't believe it. Do you understand? 
So it goes together as all of this stuff. Here's the good thing. How many of you remember back in the days when here came the news out? Butter is no good for your health. You will die of a heart attack. How many remember those days? Okay. Then what was the next news we heard years later? Go back to butter. Margarine will kill you even sooner. Thank you. We just took it for 10 years. You know what I'm waiting for? Take your olive oil and just drink it. It's safe. It's from Israel. I don't know what will happen. I never have to apologize for the word of God. The message never changes. Never. It's always true. Why is that important? Because I don't have to worry. Is this like the updated version? No, it's always true. Let me ask you two more questions. What do you believe about life after death? And what do you believe about marriage and sex in heaven? Yes, I said the word. In heaven. What do you believe about? Some of you are all, you're really glad now you were going to skip the service, but you're here. Oh, this is going to be good. It is going to be good. Hold on. All right. Now, so what do you believe that happens after death? And what do you believe about marriage and sex in heaven, if you even believe about heaven? This is exactly what's going to happen next with Jesus. Look at verse 27. Now, some of the Sadducees, now here's their beliefs, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. The Jewish kind of religious leaders were the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees were a much larger group, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't agree on much of the doctrine. In fact, the Sadducees were wealthy and powerful. But down through the years, wrong beliefs were given to the Sadducees. Let me show you what they didn't believe. These are all wrong beliefs that half of the Jewish religious leaders had. Here we are. The Sadducees only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. Of course, there's no New Testament at this time. So they only believed in the first five books, the Torah. Number two, they didn't believe in anything supernatural at all. So, of course, they didn't believe in angels, and they didn't believe in the spiritual world. Now, think about this. This is the religious leaders. Next, they didn't believe in life after death. When you die, it's over. And, of course, if you don't believe in life after death, they don't believe in the resurrection. And last, because they don't believe there's anything after death, they didn't believe in heaven and hell. So they're going to come up with a story, it's a wild story, to put Jesus in a box and say to him, resurrection? Are you an idiot? There is no such thing as a resurrection. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of belief. Every decision we make is involved with what we believe. Because our actions flow from our belief system, it's important that what we believe lines up with what God says. To neglect to do so will result in our living lives that are substandard in God's opinion and will result in our falling short of His best for us. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time, we will continue being taught about the last few days prior to Jesus' crucifixion. Pastor Mark will teach more following Jesus' words to his listeners. We'll hear about giving and ownership. We will learn what our responsibility is to our rulers and what our responsibility of giving is to God. We will also be warned against neglecting these obligations. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.